turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Hi, I'm Jerry Boyer. Welcome to Meeting of Minds podcast. My guest today is Jeremy Tedesco with the Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, where he heads up the efforts in corporate engagement, which includes um, an important new tool, which um, citizens, customers, clients, employees, and investors can use to evaluate the companies they do business with, the um, Viewpoint Diversity Index, which produces a Viewpoint Diversity Score. Um, and the new, the second annual edition of that is just out, and Jeremy's here um, in his uh, deep baritone to talk to us about it. Jeremy, thanks for joining us again. Hey, Jerry. It's good to be on. So um, the uh, highlights of the Viewpoint Diversity um, Index, you just came out with the, with the second edition. What's different between the second and the first in terms of the the methodology, the index itself, or the universe, et cetera. What's changed in terms of what you're asking and how you're asking it? Yeah, the methodology has stayed essentially the same, and I, you know I think that's actually a key thing for these businesses to understand. Is unlike most of the activism from the left, um, we're not going to change the goalposts on this index. We we have set standards that we think fairly reflect what a business culture that respects religious and political viewpoint um, looks like. And we're urging them to raise their policy game, their practices, um, and other things to to that level. We're, we're obviously going to tweak it. And as we learn more, um, make changes, I guess, you know, from time to time to the methodology. But it's pretty well locked in. And we think it's a fair and objective way to judge whether these corporations respect free speech and religious freedom or not. Well, speaking of tweaking, um, I mean, I think you're raising an interesting point here, which is that these <laughs> these companies, um, they have this goalpost that keeps moving, right? And so their human rights campaign uh, scores, um, they have to do more and more each year to keep their 100%. And pretty soon Bud Light is uh, committing brand suicide, um, something that would never have been asked of them five years before. Um, right. And so the goalpost keeps moving. And I suppose it's because left-wing ideology isn't a position, it's a vector. Um, so true. it has a, an arc towards, there's never enough, it's insatiable, there's never enough. So someone can get a 100% score on your index um, and do the same things next year, five years from now, 10 years from now, and keep their 100% score on your index. That's right. That's right. And, and also, I think most importantly, they're not going to be partisans in the political and cultural issues of the day. We're, we're not, like, unlike HRC and, and you know, so much of the environmental activism and, and other things on the left, they're trying to co-opt these businesses to use their brand, their resources, their, their internal policies, you know, the whole, the whole gamut to advance their political agenda, these outsiders' political agenda, outsiders who don't really have, I don't think in any meaningfully meaningful way, 
the business's you know, best interests at heart, where we're just saying you need to treat people with equal dignity and respect, regardless of their religious and political views, whether you're looking inside at your workforce, or your customers, or your vendors, or if you're thinking about how you impact the broader culture when it comes to free speech and religious freedom. We want businesses to be dedicated to building up a culture where everyone, regardless of their religious or political views, benefits from a culture that's richly res respects and protects free speech and religious freedom. It's not about um, you know, forcing these companies to adopt a certain point of view. It's so interesting you bring up Bud Light because not only did they probably push so deep into the LGBT um, you know, agenda on their marketing because of the Corporate Equality Index, but then HRC, who runs that index, comes out and says, you're gonna lose your 100% on our index because we didn't think you were properly supportive after your, your, you know, you had this massive brand suicide, as you called it, scenario play out over the last few months. So, you know, they weren't satisfied with any of it. And now they're going to ratchet down their score because they weren't properly supportive after they got completely wiped out by their customer base. Yeah. And that, I think, really points out the, the thing that you're you're talking about, which is that th this has nothing to do with being good for business. I know I've seen hundreds and hundreds, thousands of these proposals, um, and they always talk about risk management, reputational risk, um, et cetera. Um, but in fact, it's perfectly obvious that they don't mind destroying value for the companies. Um, these index providers, like human rights campaign, they're not, they're not investors. They don't have a stake. They don't have skin in the game. Frequently, the activist groups buy just enough shares to put a proposal on the ballot. So they're not really you know, people with skin in the game. Um, and there, these are 75, 25 issues uh, often in American society. And pushing someone to side with the 25 against the 75 um, is not about business risk management, except they kind of make it about business risk management because essentially they, they offer proposals which will protect you from the threat, a threat which they create. <laughs> so, you know, it's a little bit like nice business you have there. Shame something were to happen to it, as opposed to, I think, with genuine diversity, if everyone feels comfortable coming to work and doing their best there, that is inherently good for business, even if conservatives and normies and everybody, if, even if nobody, you know, creates a pushback or a backlash, it's still good policy. Whereas for the left, they only make it good policy by using intimidation if you don't kowtow to them. That's exactly right. And you know, it's unfortunately been the trajectory that American business has been on for the last decade plus. And in large measure, I think we have to be honest on the right because it was an uncontested battle. Uh, the, the left really took over shareholder engagement, the use of these kinds of tools, rating systems and rankings and indexes to push corporations further and further left. And while yeah, there's plenty of willing corporations, uh, or at least willing people in leadership in some of these corporations to go down that path. It's where they want to go anyways. I think there's also a lot of very good business leaders inside these corporations who are starting to understand that the consequences that they thought probably they would pay by going continually down this one-sided political path are co finally coming to fruition. See Disney, see Bud Light, um, see other examples. And so 
what the viewpoint diversity index really does is point out that there's a different path available for these corporations, a path that's that's attractive, um, a path that's good for, for everybody inside their organization and outside their organization. And that is one where they respect the diverse beliefs represented amongst all their core constituents, work, you know, their, their employees, their customers and vendors, um, and also folks in the, just the broader public square. We really want businesses to get to a place where uh, they understand the role they play as culture shaping institutions uh, and the impact they have as that kind of institution on free speech and religious freedom. And they can either undermine those core principles, those core underpinnings of, of our society or build them up. And, and right now, most of the left-wing activism that's aimed at the, at the, at the corporate C-suite is undermining those things. For, for what I think is a pretty simple reason, but I think a lot of people don't understand, is that ESG and all the activism aimed at these corporations is, it has been selected as the strategy, as the way to get things done politically, because the left knows they can avoid democratic accountability and bypass our civil liberties by going straight to the C-suite and demanding these kinds of changes, these kinds of policies, um, this kind of censorship. And um, there's we don't have as many tools available to us to fight those things because it's not the government that's doing it. There's no election to hold them accountable. Of course, as you will say, there's there's shareholders or voters who can hold these, these folks in leadership at the C-suite and on the board level accountable, surely. But um, we've got a long way to go before that part of the voting really becomes um, I think something where the folks on the conservative side of these issues have real bite. Yeah, I agree. We're not going to win board elections for a while. Um, and we're not even going to win proposals for a while. Uh, what I've seen this year, however, is that the conversation has definitely shifted yes. in a very palpable way. Conservatives are showing up and asking questions after years of all just nothing but liberals, um, except maybe a question from Justin Danhoff, right? And then a hundred questions from liberals or question sometimes me adding my voice to Justin's or whatever. Now, I mean, you, you were, you know, you heard the JP Morgan, uh, uh, chase board meeting. I mean, on the, on the topic that we were interested in viewpoint diversity, the questions were coming from our side. Yes. Um, that is unprecedented in like the 30 year history of corporate activism. Um, and they got irritated and well, I'm sorry that our religious liberty, irritates you or our call for it. Um, um, and that means it registers. Uh, ironically, just as we're having this interview, JP Morgan just reached a settlement with victims of Jeffrey Epstein. Um, and what kind of corporate culture do we have where pedo Island guy, you know, can be doing business with JP Morgan, uh, you know, for years and years after the allegations are out there, but Sam Brownback is just too risky to reputation. I mean, something's something's gone wrong here. Yeah, and I think J.P. Morgan Chase, for your listeners, you know, uh, benefit is a great example of the way in which we can engage on these issues um, through the index and through the efforts of many other folks kind of supporting and pushing on the same narrative when it comes to the risks that we, we're very concerned about. I know you and I are with politicized debanking and just the politicizing of business overall. J.P. Morgan uh, has a, a recent history of what looks like an increase in um, viewpoint and religious-based denials of service. The the most you know, uh, 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 you know infamous one was the one you referenced, where Ambassador Sam Brownback, who was a governor in Kansas, a senator, and then 
uh, international freedom ambassador under President Trump, tried to start a bank account at Chase, opened it last year in April, a few weeks later, showed up to put his first um, you know, de um, a deposit in and was told that the account had been closed with no reason given. You fast forward several months, Chase has offered numerous ex explanations for why they closed the account. None of them have been believable and all of them have been in conflict with the other. And so it looks more and more like religious or viewpoint discrimination than less uh, after the way in which Chase has engaged. So we put, you know, Chase is on our index. They have a very low score. I think they came in at 9% this year, mm. respect for free speech and religious freedom. Um, you, on behalf of David Bonson, filed a shareholder resolution raising concerns about political bias and banking at Chase. 19 state attorneys general sent a letter to Chase uh, telling them we're concerned about religious discrimination and unfair practices at the bank um, if you continue down this path. 14 state treasurers or state, state financial officers sent a letter saying similar things to the state AGs, but couching in the terms of their fiduciary duty they owed to these treasurers as investors in Chase. And so that culminated, as you were talking about, uh, at Chase's shareholder meeting on May 16th, where David Bonson, your client's uh, shareholder resolution, uh, made it onto the proxy and all the shareholders had an opportunity to vote on that. But more importantly, we drove a national conversation around the problem of politicized debanking, that Chase seems to be doing more of it uh, recently, and calling on the bank to, one, participate in our survey that we put out for, every, we, we send to every corporation that participates in our survey. Chase, to this point, has declined to do so. Um, and also just calling on Chase to make some some common sense changes. They, they've declined to participate in the survey that they said they didn't know existed. Right. We didn't right. get it. That's we don't know. Said. We we're unaware of it. Um, and also, we declined. <laughs> we declined, and here's why: you're not aligned with our values. I well, mean, you're right. th this is they they can't get their story straight. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's all in writing or transcribed, so it's not like just he said, she said. It's they said, then they said, then they said, then they said, um, and they said it in emails, and they said it in conversations, and they and they said with with transcriptions. So um, they're, they're all over the place. And usually when you have all sorts of shifting explanations for what looks like bad behavior, you, you pro probably the assumption shouldn't be, well, the best one of those is the true one. Um, they're like, they're searching for something to say to get people off their backs. Uh, now, the yeah. thing to say to get people off their backs is we, we made a mistake and we're changing our policies and we're going to give Bonson the report he asked for. Just this is how we make these decisions and we're going to be transparent about it and we're going to try to do better and we'll be evaluated every year by the Alliance Defending Freedom when it comes to viewpoint diversity. See, if they say that, then that, that's an answer. That's a valid answer and people will be off their backs um, and they're moving in the right direction. But they're yeah. saying all these different things and it just adds to a lack of trust. Contradictory answers just really add to a lack of trust. Well, it also points to exactly the really key thing that we focused on, on the index, at least when it comes to the way that these banks and other institutions treat their customers. The, the problem right now in these big uh, banks is that they have vague policies, vague terms of service that allow them to do precisely what you just described. They can deny someone a service or pull back uh, somebody's account not give a reason for it, and then cover over the real reason because their policy is so vague, it allows them to come up with 
you know, three, four, five pretextual reasons that sound pretty good, maybe. But when you really dig into them, you think those those don't make a lot of sense. They're contradictory. And this is the problem. They can cover their viewpoint discrimination because they have these vague policies that basically give them the authority to deny service to whoever they want for religious and political reasons or otherwise. Yeah, I was just um, looking at the target uh, guidelines for what books they publish. Hey, hey, they they um, reserve the right to not publish things that are hateful, harmful, derogatory, or exclusionary. Yeah. Uh, and the CEO actually said to me when I asked the question at the annual meeting um, that you know that's why we excluded Deborah So's book and Abigail Schreier's book. Well, wait a minute. You have a policy that some, says something can't be exclusionary, and on that basis, you've excluded one side of the debate over a minor transitional survey. You know, one, one wonders, could your guideline itself be published uh, and sold on, on Target's website? Because it is by definition exclusionary. Um, but those vague terms, so I, I asked, anybody on the left, hateful, harmful, exclusionary, and you've banned their books? No no examples given. So these these vague standards, they seem to always cut in one direction. That's right. And I mean, when you pull back all the layers of the onion, it's it's the, the left-wing activists that are demanding that these companies adopt those kinds of policies precisely because they're going to then turn around once they're adopted and pressure the corporations to use them to exclude views that they think are hateful, mean, bigoted, offensive. Um, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a long-term process for us to root those kinds of policies out or encourage the companies to adopt policies that kind of limit their discretion when it comes to those. And look, we, we lived in a world probably not more than 10 years ago where these kinds of policies wouldn't be problematic. Everybody would kind of grant the fact that the company is going to need that kind of discretion and, you know, use a presumption of goodwill and how they enforce them. But we live in a very different time now where those kinds of policies are proactively being weaponized by both people inside, but especially people outside the organization to harm folks that they disagree with, deny them accounts, take away their social media accounts, take away their bank accounts. And so we have to solve for that based on the world we live in right now. We can't pie in the sky at anymore and think, well, you know, the companies are going to do the right thing. No, the companies are going to do the thing that avoids the greatest harm or pain point. And the, and the left has proven very, very effective at causing that pain. Right. Yeah, not, not, not causing pain in terms of value destruction, but causing pain in terms of personal pain by managers who get, right. you know, sort of reamed out on social media. But, you know, um, the example of Toyota recently, the president of Toyota said something about, hey, you know, we don't have enough electric batteries to run all these electric cars that you say you want and rare earth minerals, right? And the, the ESG crowd went crazy on them, but Toyota stock went up, right? And kowtowing, you know, look what happened to Anheuser-Busch with that kowtowing and Target. These stocks are, are getting destroyed. So they're already not doing what's best for the business. I, I, the way I look at it is something like the Viewpoint Diversity Index is a tool by which upper management can get control of middle management, because I don't really think that these CEOs, I mean, some of them have totally bought in. I get that. But for the most part, they're just trying to run their companies. And they've got someone down in the ESG, DEI, sustainability, corporate social responsibility, bureaucracy. Um, that's what they majored in in college. Uh-oh. Uh, it took some form of grievance studies. And they're just going to cancel, cancel, cancel. Because what they think is hurtful and harmful 
a lot of Americans think is just normal and vice versa. So if these CEOs and boards don't want this flack, then nail down the discretion of the gatekeepers in middle management um, and you'll have control of your organization back because in some sense they've lost control of their organizations. Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, one of the things I want people to understand about our project is that it's it's not it doesn't exist to, to name and shame these corporations. We really want to be constructor partners with them. We have model policies and practices that we recommend on our website that will get them higher scores on our index and increase their uh, capacity to be uh, an organization known as tolerant and respectful of diverse views. Um, and we've had some successes just this year. We had scores go up by a couple of different companies that took part in the index and made commitments to increase um, some of their uh, respect for religious and viewpoint diversity. Whose score went up? Who, who got good scores this year? Fidelity. Well, Fidelity Information Services had the highest score at 50 percent which is the, the highest score to date on our index. And it shows why it's so important for these companies to fill out the survey because part, you know, our survey, our index collects information through the survey that we send to these corporations and then through the available information online. And, and the reality is we can't find everything we need, not even close to everything we need by just scouring the internet. We need to understand how they train their employees and the kind of policies they have in place regarding workplace and other situations. And so when you fill out our survey, you're almost certainly going to go up in your in your score because you're going to be able to reveal things that probably already exist, but we don't know about that are going to get you a higher score on the index. You also get a boost in your points just by participating in the index um, or in this by, by filling out the survey. So F Fidelity Information Services, which is a payment processing company, got 50 percent in the index. Um, M&T Bank went up by 12 or 14 points. Uh, because they partially filled out the survey and made some commitments to broader disclosures related to their uh, corporate social res responsibility reporting um, that was going to disclose information that we're looking at regarding religious and viewpoint diversity. So, you know, we can have an impact. We can move these corporations in the right direction. You know, we're by no means done with Fidelity Information Services or M&T Bank. This is just a, a foot in the door to continue the conversation. So we really want to help these companies improve their practices, um, primarily because we want to depoliticize the, the business culture so that people don't have to fear losing their accounts, whether they be bank or social media accounts or you know, lose their. Uh, so this uh, isn't conservative politics. You're not saying no. debank atheists. Uh, no. Or debank LGBT. Sorry, say again. No, I was just, we treat everybody equally, regardless of their viewpoint. Right. That's our position. Who did worse? Worst. Uh, well, Chase went down six points. Um, we had some other companies go down uh, by a few points, but everybody stayed about where they are. Uh, our, our our average stayed at around twelve percent amongst the seventy five companies we looked at this year. Um, but as Fidelity Information Services and M and T show even a little bit of engagement will start moving you in the right trajectory on these things. And again, I, we want people to not be afraid when they go to work that they're going to lose their job because it's found out what they believe politically or from a religious perspective. We want customers not where they're going to lose their accounts uh, because of their political or religious views. And, and that's what our index will ultimately result in if companies adopt this practice. And I think that should be pretty attractive to companies right now because they're getting hit from the left when they continue to go down the left-hand side, now they're getting hit from the right. 
And all we're saying is don't go down the left or the right. Right. Just treat everybody equally, regardless of their religious and political views, and get out of using your brand and your resources to drive these political issues in the public square. Well, I think the time is right. I mean, you started this a few years ago, but the the times have caught up with the objective of the project. Uh, This is now a hot topic, and I can tell you at, at these annual meetings, CEOs are talking about political neutrality a lot. So I'm just sending them a link to their ADF score and saying, well, political neutrality is a good thing to say. Now, do. How do you do it? Do it. All right. So viewpointdiversityscore.org is where people can look up. You did 75, so they can look up the companies that they're doing business with or invested in. Uh, I've been using it as a tool uh, when I'm sitting in on the annual meetings of these companies. Um, I just tell them what their viewpoint diversity score is. Um, and it's it's generally not good news, but it's helpful news. Uh, might be salt in the wound, but salt in the wound can be healing. Anything, Jeremy Tedesco, that uh, we didn't cover today that you want to say before we let you go? No, I just want your audience to understand that this is an engagement project, and, and there's a role they can, can play uh, in engaging these corporations, whether they're shareholders, whether they're customers. Uh, you know, if we abandon the hill of these major corporations, we know we're going to lose them. So we can we we have as 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 stockholders in these companies, as customers of these companies, we have a voice that they care about. And you know, this index is not an opportunity for us to call them up and say, "I'm never doing business with you. I'm selling your I'm selling my shares." It's an opportunity to call them up and say, "I really want to see you move in the right direction on this index." And here's a real practical way you can do it: fill out the survey. Um, and just create some momentum and some pressure on these companies to take the index seriously, like some of the companies we talked about today already have. Mm. Yeah, it's what that's what Bonson said at the J.P. Morgan meeting. Yeah, he said this is a great company. It's a great bank, very well run. Now you got to get this part right. Improve. Um, and w- unlike the other side, we're satiable. You, that's you know, right. Um, all you have to do is not discriminate, um, including on viewpoint. You're that's there. Right. <laughs> you know, you know there's your there's your score we're not you're not going to move the goalpost all right jeremy tedesco from alliance defending freedom thank you so much for being with us really appreciate the work that you're doing thanks jerry i'm jerry boyer thank you for listening to meeting of minds 